We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. I hope that it can occur in a, a civil way, and I, 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 I mean civil in a special way, I, peaceful. The biggest question, in, maybe in economics and politics of the coming decade, will be what to do with all these useless people. I just see the need for such a dialogue, and I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset. We are three years, five months, and six days in 14 days to flatten the curve. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Ned. How are you, Mr. Wizard? Fine. I'm all sung out. Went to You're all the... sung out. That's good. That's good. <laughs> you're well-traveled. Yeah. You, you've come full circle. Yeah. You went down to the big city and now you're back up. Yeah. <laughs> went smoke. Yeah. And um, watched the uh, Mamma Mia ABBA movie or whatever people want to call it at the Novello Theatre. And you're not supposed to sing during it. And so my favorite song came on at the beginning. But when it but came on at sing. the end, I decided to sing it. And oh, I got you a said, good elbow. You, you broke the I got a good elbow for it. I just sang it. <laughs> you broke the rules. And they didn't kick you out. No, no, not at all. But then well, that's good. there was a sing song sort of thing afterwards. And yeah. uh huh. Well, that's good. good. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And I take it you didn't starve last week. Well, you did tell me you had in prep. You did tell me that you were forced to eat pizza earlier this afternoon. <laughs> well, yeah, since it was um, my daughter's 16th birthday and she before we went to London, she had a uh, make your own pizza party with all her cousins and everybody else. And like you said, the only person in the house that doesn't really eat pizza is me. So when we came back, we've just been going through the fridge, eating up. And the last thing that was left was pizza dough. So mm -hmm, we mm -hmm. made a couple of pizzas today. Yeah, you did. Indeed. All right. Um, let's get into uh, let's get into the events of the day. What have you been scratching in your notebook? I'm sure I was looking. Actually, to I've been busy, busy, busy with my daughter. I've had her up the hospital. I haven't had much time, but there's still enough to talk about actually in fact there probably won't be enough time um, well let's test that theory okay where should we start let's see today's I, your day so you go right ahead i listened to um you and bruce having a chat and one of the things you mentioned and i was waiting to get more information out of you guys but the uh maui fires wildfires yes mm -hmm. and so i thought i'll go and have a look at that because i was interested in that and basically, yes, there's lots of information coming out about that. Mm -hmm. And before, yes, there's before you jump to on. conclusions. Before you jump to conclusions, I think I think you need to just get the whole scope of everything. This was the White House's official response. The President of the United States. This was his official response when he was asked about the uh, the Maui fires. Yes, I know you're telling me. I hit, I, I heard it on a podcast. Yeah, he's an asshole, isn't he? He's something. He's, yeah, he's he just is, he's he, absolutely he useless. Care. Nope. He, of course he doesn't care. He's a neoliberalist. He's a total dork. Um, 
I'll tell you what, there was, talking about neoliberalists and Democrats, the Hungarians, yeah, they're quite um, uh-huh. vocal. Mr. Orban, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Mr. Victor Orban, he had a message for him. And uh, I think he went something like, uh, it's not your job to tell us how to live. We have our culture, don't interfere. Because as far as he's concerned, Democrats are an I- ideological group who tell or force others, you know, to go the way of their ideas and telling them how to live. And he got it right. Bugger off. You say everybody should have rights. You got the right to tell you to go shag yourself. Thank you very much. With both ice creams or whatever you want to do, Mr. Scoops. And he doesn't care. I mean, he's, he's in the right position. He's on his back in the sun or whatever. And he doesn't care. And that goes to most of them, actually, including that idiot ambassador of yours. That's the vice president. Whoever goodness, she, Harris. Oh, whoever she's been waltzing she around is, lately. Oh, she is uh, waltzing. She's actually been on her feet. Waltzing around. That's just to say, like, where she's yeah. going to. Yeah, yeah, where she's going. As yeah, in, yeah. all she does is dance around and do nothing. Uh-huh. That's what that well, means, basically. You know how she got to the uh, position that she's in, right? Oh, I'd hate to think, because that would put a dirty sexual idea into my head. It certainly would. would. They don't call her, yeah, they don't call her heels up Harris for nothing. So, I mean, go ahead. Yeah, go on. <laughs> anyway, Maui, it was a very short thing. Because you said you, mm-hmm. you had lots to talk about. Yeah. And you said there's loads of theories from one end to another. Well, a couple of things is really interesting because there was a satellite report of a handful of fires that had appeared. Okay. Yeah. So several, that's a handful of fires that were popping up. There was a report of more than one before it all really kicked off. And that came back in a satellite report. And the thing is, when it kicked off, apparently, it, uh, there's been reports. I mean, people are used to, people in these regions are used to having fires and used to coping with them. You know, like when we were out in Greece and they had one there and they seem to be popping up far too often. They, in the reports are too suddenly and they were burning too hot and too harshly than what they used to. And one of the most annoying things is the Hawaiian's Emergency Services admin confirmed this. Neither the Maui or the uh, main sirens, any of them, all 80 of them remained silent. I did hear that. No warnings went out. No warnings whatsoever went out. Yeah. Now, why would that be? I don't know. I mean, mean, it is a a bit strange. It is a bit yeah, strange. So basically, there's there's apparently at least 80 sirens, yeah? Yeah. And there's photographs coming back in that people have done, and they're giving it, well, the intensity of this, and there's boats that are offshore burning on the water. That I hadn't heard. Oh, no, there's photographs of it. There's oh, actually pictures of it. Okay. It's quite interesting. And they're giving it, why are these boats burning? You know what I mean? They're giving it, this is really it's weird. Kinda, and it's kind of odd. The heat was supposed to be... Uh, and there's a, there's another photograph which is really interesting of a near enough perfect circle burning area. Yeah, there's some really strange things coming back out of Hawaii at the moment. Some really strange things coming. All out. right. So my next question is, is, who wants the land and what well, price do they yeah. want it for? Well, this is it. You put all this together, and yet there's like buildings that you've got like different intensities of heat, and there's like trees between them. That aren't touched. The trees aren't burnt. Yeah, I did hear that. Yeah. I heard that. So I heard that trees that aren't burnt. burnt it's yeah. like something's got, you know, and this is where you've got everyone's given it, well, were we hit with something? Has something gone off? And then you get people giving it, well, 
you know, was it? I mean, you've got to go down the whole line. Was there an energy weapon used or something like that? You know, like you said, you've heard theories and that. Yeah. But and then you look into it because I've got to look into everything that people say. There's two places in America that actually work on energy weapons, aren't there? As far as I know, yes. One of them is Kentucky. Uh, not is it Kirkland? Kirkland, Kirkland Air Force Base, and the other place. And the actual department is called the AFRL, and it's called the Directed Energy Directorate or whatever, Diverted Energy Directorate. And they work on energy weapons. And guess where the other one is? I'm just going to go out here on a limb, and, and I'm just going to say um, Maui. Mm-hmm. How did I know that? <laughs> How do you give it? You're taking the piss here. It's a strange coincidence, isn't it? And you're getting all these things coming around. Now, why are these people saying, of course, then you've got your your governor, old Josh Green or whatever his name is, and he jumps out and he goes, ah, this is all due to climate change. And then you get the media that follow him and off you go. And for some reason... You see, you're talking about people who want the land and you get you start to get all this fog and everything else. And we'll find out when people come in. See what you've got a, a law group in France and for some reason there's a they've been directed or they're being used. Now, why France and not an American law group or a law group from somewhere more local? They're getting the people to sue the local energy company because they've come to the conclusion that it was the local energy network that caused the flash fires, apparently. Uh-huh. But recently, before that, you've had other corporations lobbying, yeah, other corporations and the existing one to lobby to build a new energy network. <laughs> <laughs> so this is getting sus from every angle you it want, is, isn't yeah. it, really? It certainly is. So, yeah, so you, you, you're getting that, but you've you've got to have a look. And when you said it, I thought, oh, I'm going to have a look at this, see what's going on. Yeah, but- I've I've been hearing so much, and it's as you say, it's the fog that starts to come up, you know. And I, mm-hmm. it, that's that's usually what happens once you start to see. And I'm I'm not really saying this about anything in particular. I'm just saying, as in, in, you know, as a general rule of thumb, when you start to see this type of thing where you've got multiple theories and and just yeah. all kinds of just trash that gets thrown in there then that means you're probably not going to find what's really going on i know but that yeah. lobbying was a bit of annoyance that it's is funny yeah, how that happened yeah and the, the thing the is second, what, the second base the second military facility that has uh, directed energy weapons just happens to be in in maui yeah yes i know it's quite interesting, isn't it? I mean, if I were if I were an investigator, and I'm, you know, I've, <laughs> I, I would start there. <laughs> you know? I'd be one of the, yeah, but the thing go. is, if you're in it, this is what the thing is. If you're going to investigate, you've got to come, you've got to think, you've got to come back. Well, let's think of a couple of days. Like I went, I wonder who was lobbying about what, and then you find out the energy firms. But the other thing you find out is, right, were certain people. Of let's call them high pedigree, or see them. Did they move out of the area a couple of days beforehand? What movement of people were there? You know that sort of thing. And then you start to pick up on, you know, find emails, watch been pushed around because they love to say, oh, there might be a problem soon, or this is whatever. And they hype it up. They love to do it. Gates is one of the greatest people for that, isn't he? You know, he likes to tell you what's going to happen, and it does, sort of thing. It's almost and like he, he knew. Yeah, there's so. <laughs> so many people. Yeah, the Oracle. The Oracle, yeah. The Oracle with a demon footprint. But yeah, so that 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 was Maui. Very interesting. There's, I'll be interested to find out what does come out of it, because it is so sus. 
we've we are getting more and more of this wherever we go yeah there's all these disasters whatever and it is it is about forcing people to move it is about land grabs it is about getting your population in the places they want it to be i believe it's not very nice it is not very nice it is not and it's people control as you say it's about forcing people to go places they don't want to go it's about forcing their will on people as in look you know you've got too much of this or this is this is causing harm here so we're going to need you to stop that or we're going to need you to go here or go there let's go back to the beginning i've got a piece of audio here that'll kind of um i guess cement this up a little bit right so this is a gentleman by the name of Joseph Bast, B-A-S-T, Bast. He's the former president mm -hmm. and CEO of the Heartland Institute, who was one of the founding groups of the climate change agenda back in 1993. And then he realized what it was all about. Listen to this. The Heartland Institute first started to address global warming back in 1993. And back in 1993, we identified that as the, the mother of all environmental scare tactics. Uh, the environmentalists, the left actually, not environmentalists, groups on the left, understood that if you can control energy, you can control human beings. And that's what it was all about. This was a search for a scientific justification for a political agenda that was set well back in the 19, I would say the 1960s and the 1970s. Of course, it goes back to the 1930s and it goes back uh, probably to the dawn of, of human civilization. Um, but the whole idea is control energy. And if, in fact, the combustion of fossil fuels is having a dangerous impact on climate, you have a recipe for uh, controlling all use of fossil fuels. That's 80, 90 percent of all the energy. If you can control that and shut it down, you can shut down the engines of the world. You control energy, you control the climate, you can control people, right? And we're being yeah. told all day, this is climate change. This is your fault. This is why it happened. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we, we trouble is we know this, the few, as a percentage. I, I tell you what, I'm, I, I even believe that there's a larger percentage that actually know it's a load of crap, but they're not willing to say or do anything about it. I agree. And that's the problem. And that is the, that is the major problem. And they don't realize that, in fact, I don't even think they actually care. And this is where the short-lived uh, attitude comes in. I have spoken to so many people, and they have even got children. And they just say, well, it doesn't bother me because I'm not going to be around here for that long. What about your kids? They have lost the idea of responsibility to the future. You'd have a child and you'd want to make sure they're at least, you get them to adulthood, hopefully fairly fit, um, with some good use of intelligence and common sense. They'll be able to take themselves forward with whatever education they've had. And the world will allow them to help them find their own way and at least give them a few bits of choice. And just those basic premises are just uh, ceasing to exist. I don't understand this um, this concept of, and I, I'm not going to disagree with you here, but I'm just going to kind of expound upon it. I don't understand this this reluctance to want to uh, to step up and and want to actually try and conserve something for their up and coming generations. Do you really yeah. want to leave this for your kids, for for their kids, for for their great grand, you know, for your great grandchildren? Do you really want to leave that for them? 
I mean, I, I don't understand this. Uh, don't we have any kind of a, of a sense of a moral obligation to want to conserve anything? This is why I don't call the conservatives in America you know, conservatives. Do, do you know what's actually – you know actually, I, I, was, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, I think you flashed something up somewhere and I went in and I sat down and I thought and I listened to a few things and I thought, yeah, the way they've eroded um, the, the your ideals and that isn't just by segregation. It's by allowing you to have everything. Yeah, it's such such a degree. Like if 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 you've got a life full of good buzzes all the time. I mean, people talk about the release of dopamine continuously is not a good thing. If you're out there and you, you you get this one thing and you get it, so you get it and you do something and then you want another thing or whatever. Now, that on a materialistic side of you is bad enough. But if you transfer it to uh, a partnership and stuff like that, your partnerships will only last as long as that buzz. And by the time they start to get a bit, oh, this is a bit like hard work, which I'm sorry, a lasting relationship is hard work and it's damn well worth it because you actually you you meet each other it's it's a buzz you go through your engagement time it's still a buzz you get married you then start to during the engagement time you get to know each other it's not until you actually living with each other do you actually get to know the you know the eccentricities the idiosyncrasies of each other those little things that might annoy you and everything like that and the longer you are together you might get on each other's nerves, but it's you. You are meant to have arguments. You are meant to knock things out and not let them build up. You know, you don't have to get physical. You can get bloody vocally noisy with each other because if or when a child comes along, you are then going to have two different ideas of how to bring that child up or opposing views or whatever. And yeah, it puts so many strains on it. But the greatest thing about it is there's two people together, whether you're boring on each other or not, but you're bringing this child forward and that child is growing up and the child then actually is quite an amazing thing because it's, I don't mean, I'm not calling it an it, I'm just saying because, I mean, I could say my child, I could say whatever, I could use my child. But I have learned as much from my child as my child has learned from me. It actually re- it, it 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 reminded me that the innocence of things, the honesty of things, because children just blatantly say it how it is. That's another thing that people aren't allowed to do. And that whole process of life living and everything else and going forward, that is what the human race is all about. And if you've got this uh, effect of everything's a bit of a fun journey all the time, and when it gets a bit rough, bump gone, next relationship. Your relationships will never have a chance. Yeah, and that's when that modern word toxicity or whatever wow. they want to call it creeps in. And that itself, want and have an entitlement, is breaking everything. And that horrible word that actually has killed equality, that word equity is just about killing the rest of it so entitlement equity want all those things that have been given to you allowed you to have you know or you've been pushed down that direction in a political view is very self-destructive very self-destructive because actually even if you question am i really entitled to that or should i really have that what are the consequences of this you know in a 
a long-lasting relationship, you do question yourself. You don't have to beat yourself up. Well, we all do, one way or another. But you help each other. And that is what people are losing the chance to have. It's not easy, It's but it is required for humanity and your sanity and actually a good life. You don't have to be married and have children. Yes, you could be a, a couple of two women or two men. It doesn't matter. But that partnership routine, and if you want it to do, you will have your rough times. And by golly, it's usually worth it, the ups and downs. So, yeah. But, I mean, you, you go to the nth degree, and that, that that's just basically on the want process and the, the, the way the Western society is. But then you, it, it's forcing this gender dysphoria and stuff like that, which has once again become a serious pain. Um, once again, I think it's always been a serious pain. Oh, well, I know. It's it, it, it's it rammed down everybody's throats. Pain. Yeah, I know. But there is something that I actually found. I just dropped a bit of paper. Sorry, that might have sounded really weird, me walking away from the microphone, because I just dropped something on the floor. Oh, it's okay. Now, it shows an organic you know, like, I always like I always like to report if there's a positive thing, and it's usually out there in the U.S., uh, because your states are fighting against one thing. North Carolina, they just overruled three possible bills. Okay, the well, that's maybe a good thing. What'd they do? Right, the first bill was going to do this. Doctors would be allowed to help minors change their sex... Um, characteristics, including giving them puberty, bo uh, puberty blockers and hormone therapy. That got kicked out the window, thank God. And the second one was going to allow males to compete on girls' and women's sports teams in middle, high school and college. That got booted out the window. The third one was kindergarten teachers up until fourth grade would be allowed to instruct... <laughs> The little ones, really little ones, on gender identity, sexual activity, and their sexuality. And that got booted out the window. Okay, all right, all right, all right. So let, let's... Okay, so the first two, all right, I, I understand. How did we allow, without the, the, the government getting involved, how how did we allow... I guess I shouldn't say that because it's, it's the, the State Teachers Association. How did we allow, as the, the parents, how did you allow the schools to do this in the first place? Well, it's not a matter they were allowed. What I what I see it basically was basically, um, obviously, th this was this COVID thing, wasn't it? It all happened all of a sudden. It started didn't it, there, yeah, really? yeah, yeah. It started there. So you had your federal governments uh, getting liberal pushes within the teacher system, and they got all manner of idiot in there doing this, and the teachers were actually telling and being vocally rude to the parents you're not allowed and they were parents and the parents are being suppressed and everything and they didn't really know much until it started to come home yeah well once they had so, the online learning that's when it started yeah. and, and yeah. you're you're right and the parents were listening you know because they they did all the online classroom zoom stuff and the parents were saying um excuse me what are they talking about what are they yeah, teaching exactly. you yeah. And then they said, well, then the teachers and the, the school board started to say, oh, no, you're, you're not allowed to listen to that. Uh, excuse me. I am yeah. damn well going to listen to it. Yeah, exactly. In this country, still, if you're under 16, if you're under 16, you, your parent, care, a guardian yeah. has every right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so basically now those three got those three bills got overruled and a requirement was added that parents have to know if a child asks to be called by a different name or pronoun so they can actually yeah so it goes back the whole way 
God. So basically, because every this is this is the swing of the pendulum, isn't it? They force things onto people. Now people have gone, whoa, we're not having that now. And if anything like this happens, I want to know. So that's North Carolina. They've put the brakes on this, which is good. It's sensible. Because at least if your child does come home, you can talk about it. This is what it's about. The parents were ruled out. The parents were like, well, you've got nothing to do with this. Your child is owned by the state, really. Your child is owned by the government or whatever the teachers want to say or whatever crazy clown wants to come up with any strange idea. They're, they're too malleable. They are far too malleable, children. I mean, we are as adults. Humans are malleable. Really? When they go through those... I couldn't tell after after COVID happened. I couldn't tell people were malleable. Could you? <laughs> no, it was a bit of a great... Uh, thank you. Have you got another drug, please? It's, it's interesting next? because you could actually see people as in like, if you think of the movie, if you, to use a movie analogy, if you think of the movie They Live, you could actually see... You put the glasses on if you were awake to it. You could actually see people for who they really were. Yeah, I know. It is, it's, it's, it's nuts. Now, let's take, well, I, I was going to talk about, there's so much, it's not just the USA, right? I was going to talk about something in California, but we know they're all mad in California anyway. They're insane uh, and they're about to get hit with a hurricane. <laughs> yeah, but this is to a gender and this is a, that, you know, remember, uh, but I'm going to let that go. But in the UK, you get it as well. There was a trans-identified male. He was found guilty of rape and his defense was, guess what? He argued that the victim was transphobic. How sick is that? And that was in Guernsey. Um, <laughs> that is no defence. He was born male, he he, and he identified as a trans femme. The sexual attack was described by legal professionals as having committed by a transgender female with her penis. Can you get that? So her. he ident no, he her. identified as a trans femme, and he raped a girl. Yes, and he said basically. His defense was that she was transphobic. But his, the professionals that defended him, this is how they worded it. And this is when it gets really annoying because they're allowing this to go into law. As uh, having committed this incident, it was a transgender female, not her, him, with her penis. Her, uh-huh. This is this is like the uh, the headline I saw out of the Daily Mail that they did on the Friday Night uh, Live thing that I was telling you about. They said the same thing. It's just mad. It's insane. It's it's absolutely insane. And here's the, the here's the trap with it. The trap is is that if the ideological trap is if you hear that and you say no, I'm sorry, that's not the way that it's it's supposed to be worded. Then you're stuck. You're stuck in the ideology because they're they're forcing you through their clever wordage. They're forcing you to share in that same delusional. Yeah, because that, that then you've got to identify that person as yes. well. But if you don't yeah. identify them as that. This is where it all falls to pieces. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like um, previously this year in Spain, they, they passed a law there that anyone over the age of 16 has the right to change the gender reflected on their official documents without any social or medical proof. And yeah, sorry. And of course, this is rolling all down. All this, all this gender stuff is rolling down. It's uh, it's allowing criminality to actually because criminals will use everything. Criminality will use everything they can, and this is rolling down into the prisons and everything. And it is getting way out of hand. Way out of hand. I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna talk about something else, which I found so infuriating it was um, i don't know it's pretty infuriating up to this point so uh, if, if this is going to be any worse then 
Go well, on with it. Um, right. Last month, there's a person called Tara Hewitt, the head of Ireland's largest trans activist organization, led a discussion regarding medical transitioning of children. Obviously, and this, this, um, this event was called Tenny and T, and it was supported by the local council, which was Donegal. Tenny means Trans Equality Network Island. So come to Tenny and T and bring your children and we'll talk about this. Now, this Tari Hewitt is a self-professed BDSM fetishist, okay? As bondage, discipline, uh, yeah, sadist, yeah, yeah, masochist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, right? yes, yes, yes. It's the whole bundle of it, yeah? Right? So she's found her niche and she's off shouting and created this group and whatever. And now she's going to have, she's going to push this agenda. She's also signed, signed a declaration calling for the release of all trans-identified inmates, including paedophiles from prison. Right. Well, we all know that's where this goes at the end of the day, right? Now, it's no wonder that some parents got quite upset about this. You think? <laughs> yeah. Now, there was one, right, that actually she expressed her concerns. Her name was, it was one of them, it was a mother. She was called, and she's actually put her name out there, and it's Jennifer Kimmel. And she was, and basically, she decided to talk to the local community group that worked with these, yeah, to allow it, and express that, um... There's some child safeguarding concerns here. I'm a mother. So in return, guess what happened? They called her a bigot, a fascist, uh -huh. Uh -huh. a homophobe, an anti-gay, a cockroach, and a turf. <laughs> and basically, on the 20th, she got a visit from the police who lectured her oh. about being homophobic. Oh, how nice. How, how nice of them to come around and tell them just how much of a bigot she was. Now, it's not up to the police to tell you whether you're homophobic or not. Now, this is the, this is what people have got to be wary of, because that goes into a whole different kettle of fish. Because when you then become, well, a, a police state, when your police start taking on the political line and not actually protecting the people to the law, that is when people, you are starting to see a real bad swing in, in your society. They're not here to, they should not come and lecture you about your social media. They're not there to tell you about, they shouldn't tell you about your opinion and say it's hate speech because your opinion might be, well, that isn't hate speech. And they're telling it, it is, but it's not. There isn't such a thing as hate speech. The strong opinion, yeah, if you don't like something, you've got every right to say it. And that is what you're entitled to. But that was in Ireland. At the moment, there's a case going on in, Canada, actually. Um, Helen Gross, have you heard about her? Have not she's heard of this, no. She's an actual constable that's under disciplinary tribunal, and she's charged with discredibility conduct for Dis querying the Ottawa Police Service, which you work for. Hold on a minute. Okay, so she challenged the authority of her superiors, basically, is what you're saying. Well, basically, no, she didn't. She didn't challenge. She didn't challenge it. You see, but this is what they're saying. Basically, the OPS, which is the Ottawa Police Service, basically, she was seeing signs of improper research, as in on data, data that didn't seem to be available, although it was there, because she was given it. Hmm. Why are all these sudden? deaths happening with kids from pregnant women or women that are breastfeeding la 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 you had this sudden death syndrome for sudden infant death syndrome sits and so basically she thought well we've got this massive database i'm going to use it 
So she's querying the police database in an attempt to discern whether a pattern of SIDS cases was emerging and if adequate information was being collected about probable cause, which you would. What's the probable cause of this from a database? So basically, this was to do with post-vaccine. She, she, she then realised post-vaccine, the increase in SIDS is massive and um, suspect uh, of pregnant women, you know, why is it happening? So she's gone to trial. They've taken her to trial and she stood there for three hours and they're not allowing it to be videoed live. Because they would lose the case, that's why. Oh, yeah, but there's people there as well and they're giving it and it, it, it's mental. Basically, the thing is, what she, she she's, she's represented loads of information, um, yeah, that she passed on to her superiors, yeah, and she's written these down, there's emails and everything. She even used, obviously, she she used a lot of Pfizer. She, she found Pfizer information and used that and even passed that on, even to the point where it had, out of 33 babies, only one survived, you know, and she's put all these up there. She's um, gone to trial. The thing is, her suspension um, happened, I think it was in February, now the trial's happening. She was told by her superior, and this is only only until she mentioned vaccine and COVID did she actually start to get moved on. Uh -huh. She was told by her superior not to talk about COVID or vaccines. Now this, her supervisor, her superior, is in charge of the sexual assault and child abuse unit. And they were directing them not to talk about something that could be the reason. I mean, this is SIDS, so how can you be in charge of that unit? if you don't want to find out what's, what the problem is, yeah? So then you know it then, it becomes a, an agenda, a political agenda, or whatever you know. But if information, if all information is not available, or some is held back, or you're told not to go down those lines, there's an agenda. That is the first thing. So she got suspended in February 2020. It is, um, oh, it, it's just continuing going on. It, it, it's mad. It's, it's just another, but I hope she pushes. And I want to find out. I mean, I, I, I want to, I'm, I'm going to try and follow that one to the end just to see what the outcome is. Yeah, of course. Because if that comes out that the vaccine is a probable cause, that needs to be said worldwide. That needs to be out there and not just shut down because all those first steps done by courageous people, they are courageous people. They just keep digging. They keep pushing. Yeah, I've got a lot of time for them. It's not an easy thing to do. And yeah, she's just, she's fighting her state. You see, this is what gets me. All these different, it's all fog. All these different, it's still a fog because no matter what, what, what's happening, these governments are working together on other projects. This is what gets me. If Canada says, if, if Trudeau's saying something like it's the right wing Americans that are causing all this crap, they're still working together on other projects. Sure. I mean, that goes for everyone in the world, whether it's Russia, China, India, New Zealand, Australia. These governments are, have their own agreements behind everything. So the big question is, yeah, okay, all out on everybody, and they're all trying to head in the same direction. But what is going to cripple this? There are extreme ideologies in this world. And even if they think they're working in the same direction, they are lying to each other and... It, that's where it falls apart because it'll get to a t tipping point or uh, a crossroads or somewhere where something will clash and something will fall down. And that is a problem. Whether, I mean, I've always said I'm out on Putin one way or another, playing his game. 
the Chinese are always playing their game and they're they're having their own economic nightmare over there and they deserve the bastard. I'm sorry. But we're all having our economic nightmares. Fog in your country, you don't like talking about it on your on your podcast. Trump and Hunter Biden. That's just fog. That's just fog. I'm out on Trump. He, sh- he should just go, right, take this court. I don't want it in the media. La di da di da. Close doors. Get on with the politics. You know, that's it. But he's still wanting to be in the limelight. Why? As far as I'm concerned. He's an Yeah, right, fine. Yeah. He's an entertainer. His own ego. He can't get past his own ego. But as, as long as he's there, he's just doing damage. He is, yeah. I agree. Yeah. End of. Hunter Biden shouldn't, he shouldn't even be locked up. He should just be poured down a drain. There can't be that much left of that idiot. Along with his father, I'm sorry, but that that guy is a he. Does, well, yeah, it's as simple as that. I don't know. I don't know. Is there a bright side to it all? I don't know. We just got got to keep pushing. It's like the world as it is at the moment. We've got this supposed bricks. We've got the West, but they seem to be two sides of the same coin. If you know what I mean. They seem to be all heading in some of the same direction. Yeah, some behind some it of the all. same. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that that part of it. They all are heading in, in the same kind of direction. But you've got countries that are at the head of the, the BRICS nations, which is Brazil, Russia, China, India, uh, that, yeah. South Africa. They're, yeah, those. But you're you're not if if you're one of these countries historically speaking, and even in modern times, they're not good with economics. Clearly, China is a is a fine example of that. They're not good with economics at all. So they're good at at, at bribery. They're good at extortion, but oh, they're yeah. not good with economics. In the West, if we're speak if we're strictly talking, if we're keeping the politics out of it, which is impossible to do these days, but if we're just if we're just talking in terms of economics. Right. So if we're talking bricks versus dollar, euro, pound, whatever, we can actually deal with the economic side of things and we can manage that even as as horribly uh, corrupt and short sighted as these these people can be. We're still better at playing the economic game as opposed to the other bricks. Yeah, game, the I would other say campers. there is one country in that bricks get up. India, maybe. Or well, India. Brazil. Yeah, but and, no. and I would go I would go maybe Brazil, but not with Lula. But I the only reason I would say that is be, the only reason I would say That's is because such a lovely name. Oh, he's it's something. Just, it's a Lula. Yeah, yeah, Lula. Lula da Silva. But <laughs> Sorry. not yeah, yeah. Not not so much in, in terms of with this guy, but I'm just saying in general, Brazil has always been a net exporter of food around the world. So they can actually somewhat produce something that, that's actually well, that's manageable. not hard to break. But Exactly. It's not hard to break and it's not hard to extort things because there is a ton of corruption in South America. Yeah. And it's, yeah. End, it's, it's endless. Yeah. It's endless. But the biggest problem that the West as par se needs to do, which is nigh on impossible now, is to get rid of the corruption because that's what's gotten to where they are. When they, yeah. when, it, yeah, we all know people have their own agenda. We all know those that were in government or those that wanted to be in a position of stewardship or whatever, they had, yes, they had a good wage. And yes, they had their allowances and they did this and they did that and they had talks and they had their own foot in different companies and things like that. And everything ticked over and went well. As long as the people, if they had an idea or if they wanted to work, they could. 
Yes. And out of that group, you had some really good ideas to go forward because big companies, when they have learned it so many times in so many different cycles of decades, that when they forget to talk to the people on the ground, their company tends to rot and it falls to pieces. And not until they actually talk to the people do they realize, well, yeah, if you did this, this would probably be work because this would work. This would... And then they can pick it up, you know, and it's the simple size of it. You you have somewhere in the region of probably 10, 10 to 15,000 people in the world at the moment that see themselves as above everybody else. And they look down on the population of the world as nothing. That is the truth, people. That's not a uh, conspiracy theory, even if it is. It comes true in six months, doesn't it? Every conspiracy nowadays. These days, yeah. It's, I would say <laughs> maybe like six weeks, but yeah. Well, the case but, with the Maui fires, it's been six days, but yeah. yeah oh, yeah. That, that, is, that is just incredibly stupid. One it way is. or another, that was just yeah. out and out. But the disasters that you've had in America, it's the same. The, 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 the amount of disasters that are man-made, the fires in warehouses, why all of a sudden people just question it, yeah? But, yeah, those people, that are they've got no allegiance to countries. No, they're international. They have in, no in allegiance to countries whatsoever. Yeah. I, but Putin is uh, he's into globalization in his, with his own ideals, definitely with his own ideals. But yeah. that's in whatever well, ideology is. <laughs> that's Leninism, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, if, if, if you look into our side of things, you've got the uh, the Bank of International Settlements. They talk to the policymakers and the central banks and everything. You've got, hang on, what commonized Rockefeller Institute? That's mm -hmm. still about the, yeah. the the Club of Rome. You've yeah. got um, uh, what is it? The Council. We actually of... play. We actually play Council on Foreign Relations. We actually that's play. It? We actually play a, uh, a clip of a member of the Club of Rome in our intros, Dennis Meadows, where he's talking yes. about the, the people. He says, I hope it can be done in a, a civil way. A peaceful way. Sort a of peaceful way. way. It's yeah. civil and everybody can share in the experience. He's talking about depopulation. Yeah, I know. Horrible. And then you got the Royal Institute of International, what is it? Efforts or something? Cham House. Cham, Cham House. House. I was just getting ready yeah, to say Cham, Cham House. House. Yeah. yeah, Cham House. Yeah, Cham House. All of those things, people, all of those groups... And there are a handful more, but if you just look at, of course, you've got the the triplets, the the three budding evil, you know, One three case. headed Hydra <laughs> called One the case. UN, the WHO, and oh, WEF. Yes. WEF, and then yeah, don't forget yeah, about I mean, Bill. Bill and his his charitable oh, film yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah. the it's the the foundation of uh -huh. Bill and Melinda. Yeah, but, yeah and then George, he, dear old George, don't forget about George, Mr. Soros. Soros foundations horrible things yeah they just it's reallocation of people's money to do what they want and that is it <laughs> okay to, to put it into a criminal context it's a money laundering operation is what yeah it is. Uh, but they use your money people yes they take it they use it and but if you talk about how far back was it it was about was it 2009 that he actually went to china and actually made agreement with, was it BGI or whatever it was over there? He's talking we about built, Gates. Yeah, Gates. He went over I, there. and I want to say he, his, yeah, his, actually, his dealings with China, I want to say uh, started back in, in the early 2000s. I, I could yeah. be wrong on that, but I, I want to say They actually it, wrote an agreement yeah. for the furtherant of the both of them. Yes. Hit yeah. the Gates and the Chinese. Yeah, and to, they rolled out the red carpet yeah. for him. They treat him yeah. like gold when he gets yeah. there. Yeah, and that agreement he made with them 
Oh, and it, it you can go and find it. You can go and see it, people. It is there available. And he's quite happy about it and everything. He is a horrible individual. And not until countries actually start to take the countries back and get rid of and actually reseize assets of... Because, yeah. yeah, because they are. It, it's fraudulent. COVID and every vaccine has been fraudulent, no matter what it is. Every non-live vaccine, okay, every non-live vaccine has been fraudulent. I will do that. Yeah, the one tie we need to we need to dig further into, and you and I can talk about this offline, but we'll just mention it now because it's it's pretty much public knowledge already. But we need to dig into the Pfizer vaccine China connection because that's where those Bruce and I were digging, and that's where we found out that's where those were being manufactured. Yeah, that right there that should speak volumes. I mean, it, it it's like he put fifty million into it. He made best part of five hundred million out of it. He badmouthed the COVID vaccine, and I moved on to make another one. Inhalables. Yeah. Ex- excuse me, and he's going to tell you to take it. And uh, he obviously needs. Well, well, he's not the only one. We had Blair. We had Tony Blair on the stage at the WEF this past year, and he says, "Look, we're going to have agendas coming up where there's going to be multiple shots, and you're going to have to take them." Yeah, I, I can you go back and dig to- the clip out. You but- do not have to take anything, people. By law, by international law, and the thing is, and that's what. The WHO is trying to do, push its pandemic treaty on all the countries to agree so they can change international law. Whatever agenda that you see being pushed, and that includes genderism and everything else, you do not hear the word human rights mentioned at all because they know it's against human rights because it's taking your individualism away. It's taking your right of open speech and freedom. And that is what they want to take out of international law and everything, they, well, uh, even even down to the medical side of it. So Yeah, well, the medical side, we've completely, we've torched the Nuremberg Code. That's been out the window since the start of this. Well, it's there yeah, to be quoted damn right and to there. be used. It's Absolutely. there, and you have every right to look at the Nuremberg Code. Yeah, and, and you have every right to use it. To stop what you've allowed to happen, people, in the last three years. Because, yeah, we are all responsible, no matter what we are. Oh, not that. Well, I told us to take it. I had to take it, otherwise I wouldn't have a job. Sorry, I made that choice, and I didn't take it. So if I can do it, and I am not anything humanly superhero or great, so can you. You just had to take responsibility for yourself. That's not a put-down. That's just honesty. It's just honesty. So, yeah. um, Mm -hmm. Well, let's get on to the uh, the two the two final topics, shall we? Because you said you wanted to talk about these on air. Okay, fine. I had gotten a little bit of a uh, of a geography lesson by Marty yesterday in prep, and I was bringing it up to you in prep today. Uh, Scroby Sands, you know the uh, the place there off of Norfolk that's got the you know. The no, I didn't. Sandbars. I'm, you you were more you were more <laughs> knowledgeable. I was about more it I was more me. knowledgeable about that. Well, they had an incident, just a small incident. Over the weekend, while you were down in the uh, the Greater London area, uh, well, you see, they had uh, one of these um, one of these windmills. You, yeah, yeah, caught smoke. fire. Yeah, caught fire uh, there in the uh, just off the shore. And you said that you'd never actually seen one catch fire before, so I thought that I would I would show oh, you. Yeah, most excellent. Yes. And then, of course, Everything I mean, there was, nothing, there was nothing that they could do. And they said, well, these things, you know, you just it could take weeks to figure out what happened. And when these type of things happen, their official statement is, is you know, we're you just going to have to let it go. Apart from now, people, that is um, one windmill in the wind farm and it's standing on the stand and the central motor area is burnt out. And obviously the prevailing wind has let the heat and everything else got 
one of the actual um, blades of it because they're three-bladed, aren't they? So, and that's obviously in a bit of poor state of repair. Now, apart from everything that's needed to put it there and that the generation of electricity and green energy would never actually pay for itself, now it's coughing all that black smoke up there. That's probably just made the whole of that wind farm redundant, mm-hmm. really, you know that. when it comes down to carbon footprint. Yeah, you see all that material down there, that burnout char there on the uh, the sands, which when the tide comes back, that's going to all be swept out into the uh, the local ecosystem there. So uh, oh, yeah. I'm sure that's yeah. going to be great. Oh, it's going to be lovely. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Yes, that's... um. <laughs> And that's why I've never been to Scrooby Sands Scrooby or Sands. whatever because it looks <laughs> like, like it's yeah. yeah I have seriously another boring. Yeah, yeah. I have another photo. Oh, shall I it, let I you just... know something about that? This will be. I tell you what. All those offshore, all those offshore wind farms around the UK. Mm-hmm. Do you know the land that they're on is crown land? So probably Prince Charles leases all oh, that out. The family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why. He's green, or is it all the greedy? It. Green, greedy, green. They actually go together, don't they? So, yeah. So basically, yeah, build another wind farm. Why? Nah, I'll have some money for that. But that does look nice. It yes. does. And I thought I would run this one past you. Uh, climate activists are now pulling up trees. Uh, I've been mentioning this a couple of times. I mentioned it uh, last week, and, and I'm going to Climate activists are pulling yeah. up trees. They're pulling up trees, yes. This is Just Stop Trees. Uh, and as you can see there, they've... Um, you see, they they put the you know the the grass there on their on their heads there. You see. Uh, well, excuse they, me, are they morons? Is that a rhetorical question? No, hang on. We're on about green energy. We're on about reusable stuff. Yeah. Now a tree grows if they actually chop it down to make something or burn something to keep somebody warm or cook or do whatever. They usually plant one, if not two, more for the one that they've chopped down nowadays yes so basically that's green and the green because this is what locks the carbon into it so they've just pulled up something that's going to lock carbon out of the ecosystem into the ground yes. and eventually make all those lovely little girls diamonds if they live long enough which you know but we don't yeah well so um, they're for trees oh, because for... someone's told them trees turn into fossil fuels over millions of years well i i don't necessarily know about that but well, yeah the coal but they don't really mention that part of it they say that these trees are going to be used for timber purposes and you see that's that's for profit and that's not for climate so therefore they need to be ripped up and they're doing this all for free and not for profit they're not getting paid at all are they no i wouldn't say that i wouldn't say no be actually bust no. them into the area and told them no. what to do and goodness bought no. them all those little t-shirts and everything else they want to wear and mm-hmm. told them to walk around like a load of goons with things on their head yeah and to actually hurt the ecosystem mm-hmm. hmm. Yeah. Oh, they're proud of themselves, idiots. Nothing bad to do, obviously. Obviously not. Just stop trees. Yeah. So we've we got another group. Just stop trees. Just stop trees. I I know. It's just you, just when you thought this couldn't get any more insane. Just you know, a, another just stop trees. You, you couldn't make it up. You really couldn't make it up. Okay. And the last point, a uh, a pilot who was on. I I brought this up to you in prep, but we didn't go into it because you said just do it on air. A pilot for LATAM Airlines was flying from. Uh, Santiago, Chile, all the way up to Miami, Florida, and he died mid-flight. He had a uh, <clears throat> medical episode and collapsed right there, coming out of the cockpit, headed towards the uh, the lavatory, and 
they tried uh, the emergency people tried to work on him that you know the emergency people that were on the flight tried to work on him for a few minutes but he was gone well this is what amazed me yeah because of the media because the vaccine it doesn't you're not allowed to say vaccine you're not allowed to say myocarditis you're not allowed to say anything like that yeah and since the male side of the human race due to the vaccine, is more prone to myocarditis, which is an inflammation of the heart, the weakening of the muscles. So somebody goes out and has a heart attack, and if you're a male, or if you've got myocarditis, and you've got weakened muscles of the heart and everything, and it's not managing to do its job, and they give it, he's had a heart attack, and then they hit you with how many volts through that weakened heart? That is not exactly going to bring you round, is it? No, I can't say that it that it would. That wouldn't wouldn't be very nice. No. But you see, do you see? <laughs> That's it. You're done, man. The the Aussies are. Uh, we played this uh, about a month or two ago. The Aussies are actually putting this in. I think they're putting them in every uh, every block. Well, in, I in tell you what. Areas. Before COVID, I did wonder why they were going up all around the UK. Were they putting them up everywhere over there? Oh, yeah. Oh, we've seen some reports. Business deal, eh? Yeah, yeah, we've seen, yeah. Public did you, areas. Did you invest in defibrillators in, in public spaces <laughs> during COVID? But we did see that places like uh, Spain and, and France and things. You know how they have like the boardwalks on on some of the uh, the areas with their beach areas. They were putting defibrillators in every two hundred meters. That across makes the sure beach. you don't get up. That will make yes. sure you don't get up. If you've got myocarditis, that, that, yeah. that is not going to help you whatsoever. So yeah, it's just another. It's it's horrible. How do you check if somebody has got a heart problem or not? Well, we discussed that. You're going to have to go to a doctor, and they're going to have to test your uh, D-dimers and your troponin levels. That will tell you whether or not. Yeah. Yeah, That will tell you whether or not. The point is, everybody that's vaccinated has to pose that question. And you know what? They don't want to know. So they're not going to do it. That's why they took the vaccine in the first place, because they don't want to know. And it's a vicious cycle, and it's not very clever. Not everybody's going to have it, but wouldn't you like to know you've got a fighting chance if you've got a card on you saying, don't use a defib on me, use another form of whatever. But how do you get somebody off the tarmac? That's a problem. It, it, it's not good. It's not good. It's, 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 it's an end. And then they're going to end up controlling your history anyway. They'll rewrite it all. And they'll say they beat a pandemic. They're already and saying we've... that. <laughs> Not we created one, made a load of money out of a vaccine, caused disabilities by God knows how many. We don't have any athletes because they're all dropping dead. Uh, why was that? Oh, unknown. Babies, unknown. Sudden death syndromes everywhere. So you've got SIDS, SADS, whatever else you want to call it. Why have we got all those things all of a sudden? And then obviously there's worldwide destruction. Mm-hmm. I did see earlier this week as well, the NHS is launching, this is from Sky News, uh, the UK, the NHS is launching a campaign to teach people the common signs of a heart attack, which are often ignored by those experiencing them. The NHS figures show that there were more than 84,000 hospital heart attack admissions in England during the year, uh, the year-long period between 2021 and 22, up by more than 7,000 compared to the previous year-long period when fewer people came forward for care during the pandemic. If you go, if you actually... Go to care. The chance of heart attack goes up, does it now? What? <laughs> I don't know. I actually, I heard. What are they trying yeah, to say? I, I heard. I heard somebody. I heard a paramedic explain to a a, a potential patient over the uh, the last week or so 
uh, they were having some issues, you know, some some health issues that required them to possibly be hospitalized. And this person is up there in age. And the paramedic looked at the aging individual and said, you need to think very carefully before you make a decision whether or not you want to go to a hospital. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that was all that he said. Well, if you, if you get put on their end of life routine, that means mm. no food and water. Thank you very much. Yeah. All right, my friend. Well, it's been a great conversation. We will uh, we'll see you. Uh, actually, we're going to see you a couple of days this week. We'll see you uh, on another day. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll continue something. It'll be nice, nice little chat. Short yeah. one, but it'll be a short okay. one. Yeah, short, non-political. Hopefully, non-political stuff. Oh yeah. So. Try not to be. Yeah, yeah. Try not to be political. Need a couple of days break with with no politics in, in a week, and it's yeah. So we'll be seeing you later on this week. That'll do it for us for today. I'd like to thank you for being here today. Thank you to all the listeners. God bless everyone. And have a great evening. Good night, all.